Sort of it's not that bad podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Hey. So Dom, I don't know uh if you had fun this week, but I think I had fun this whole week. Obviously, you know, there's been a ton of wrestling happening, but it is it's getting ridiculous because you have wrestling on Sunday, on mm. Monday. Tuesday, hmm. and then also online Tuesday, hmm. Wednesday. Yeah. Thursday's kind of a buffer period. Okay. But then there's um, Friday uh-huh. and Saturday. So basically every day except Thursday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I went through this whole week. This is the first week I think of really going. Well, Sunday's Sunday's a pay per view, so you don't have to count that. But okay. This was the first week of me, like, you know, going through everything, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't really think about it because I'm like, I still, I'll stay able to watch movies. I mean, went to the park today. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still be, I'm still able to do some stuff. But so two companies um, have a YouTube, I guess, exclusive wrestling show or okay. uh, streaming, whatever, uh, exclusive wrestling show. And they're both an hour each, <clears throat> so that's two hours. But like, as I was watching it, I get almost done with the second one, and I'm thinking, like, I just literally laid here and watched wrestling for two hours. And then I was like, that's not even. This was Tuesday. I was like, that's not even tomorrow, which is another four hours. Well, what's on Monday? Is that raw? Yeah, which is three hours. And then Tuesday is those online ones. Yeah, plus Impact, kind and then, of. And then, two, and then sorry, Wednesday is All Elite Wrestling, and then NXT. NXT. Yeah. And then there's really nothing Thursday. And then SmackDown on Fridays, right? Yeah, and also Impact. So Impact has two shows. Well, they have a they have a new deal uh-huh. on one channel. Yeah, and then they have their existing deal on another. So what I think they're gonna do is, once that kind of finishes up, it's gonna switch over. Oh. So the main show is gonna be on Tuesday, and then they're gonna finish up on Friday. Because right now Tuesdays it's like, it's just a lot of like repays of like pay per views and stuff. Okay, which is cool because you know it's like big matches. And then um, Saturday, it's um, they usually show the New Japan stuff. I was gonna say where does New and, Japan um, <laughs> and uh, Women of Wrestling. Uh-huh. And so it's just like bam, 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 bam. And I'm thinking like maybe it's too much wrestling. Maybe. But I feel like it's okay. Because it had a critical mass. Yeah, because I mean, I'm still like I'm I'm still functional. I'm still able to. I mean, I watched a piece of shit thing that we were gonna review, and then we're like. That's true. And we're like, maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it's like, like I said, we went to the park today, had some fun. Like, it's it's not that big of a deal, but I feel like this is going to be an interesting couple of months to see how everything turns out. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's exciting. It honestly is, because when I, when I got back into wrestling, it was only WWE, and it wasn't that good. <laughs> like, in all honesty... I was just invested in it because my nephews are watching it, 
and there was a couple of cool wrestlers. I was like, oh, that guy's cool. Oh, that guy's cool. Oh, cool. Oh, he still wrestles, you know. And then um, I started getting into a lot of, like, the indie stuff and, like, the, you know, New Japan stuff or whatever. And then that, and it's crazy because that shit is what exploded this last year. And that's why we have so many wrestling companies now. I mean, that's good, though, right? Because it's not just Vince McMahon. Yeah. And, WWE. And, and I do hope that, like, this leads to a lot better stuff where now you have a lot of these companies taking a lot of time. It's it's not only good for, like, the company and the wrestlers, but, like, behind the business. Yeah. Where, yeah, you, you know, you could say that AEW is going against, like, WWE whatever, and they're going to want to be, like, best storytellers, sure. But also, like, if you have somebody willing to pay so much, that's where, like, it's so crazy when you hear about a lot of these contract signings or these people leaving, not leaving. Uh, it's because, you know, places like WWE don't want to give up certain stars. Yeah. So they're willing to pay. And some of these, like, they're not, like, fully known how many or how much money is being paid because it's a lot of, like, people hearing stuff and, like, the blind items of like, oh well, I my source backstage told me, blah blah blah, or I hear ramblings backstage of blah blah blah, and some of these people are getting paid crazy amounts of money just to stay, and it's like I. One thing that I do hate is a rest like, being a wrestling fan. I hate wrestling fans, because they're just pieces of shit. <laughs> and so a lot of times, you know, you'll hear like so-and-so staying with WWE and they're like, oh, they're so stupid. Oh, she's dead, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I get it because you want to see them flourish, whatever. But then I'm trying to sit here and say, but you realize that it's probably because they're like, we're giving you this much money now and we don't know how much they're going to give you, but we'll just go ahead and give you this much money. Yeah. And it's like, I think I'm staying here for a while. Yeah. Like, what more do you want? Yeah, you stay there for a little bit, then you go and transfer or transition to somewhere else and take your money. Yeah, or um, one of the biggest stars, AJ Styles, he said that he's going to retire in WWE. I don't know if he is, but if he did, it's probably because apparently he's making millions of dollars. Yeah. He's not even, like, their star. He's a he's a well-known, he's really well-liked. He was a, a WWE, like... Um, world champion or whatever. He does hold a belt right now, but right now he's kind of playing like the the higher mid-card section, whatever. And apparently he's still getting paid millions of dollars. So I'm pretty sure he can leave wrestling and be like, yeah, I think I'm set for life. That's pretty cool. I don't know. It, all this stuff is really... In, like it, Beyond the actual wrestling, which is awesome, the whole like inner workings of like oh, what is this company going to do? What is this company going to do? Oh, this person left? Oh, where are they going? Oh, well, this person doesn't want to sign because of this reason. Oh, oh, they're oh, they're doing this instead. And like, oh, how is this? Because it's a lot of like companies working. Like, for instance, right now, uh, AEW works with AAA Wrestling, which is a, a Mexico-based wrestling company. But also Impact also works with triple uh, a and um from what i know it's still that's still how it works hmm. so 
does that mean one day that Impact could work with AEW? Because they're technically head-on rivals in America. But there's also New Japan, which have a lot of ties with AEW. But even though they have wrestlers who do wrestle for both, they're not doing company or they're not doing a business with each other yet, if at all. Like, it, there's Wouldn't a lot that be of so- like, something if the... If it, if- to kind of work with each other, they kind of do like a, like a like a Super Bowl, but for just like the different like wrestling. Yeah, that was well. That was one thing um, with uh, like a world championship. All in the the first like thing that they ever did as like a group was they had people from New Japan, they had people from uh, Impact, they had people from uh, Ring of Honor, they had people from AAA. It was all these people coming together to make just just random pay-per-view. <laughs> and uh, this was before, you know, All Elite Wrestling started, blah, blah, blah. It was the, the precursor to that. Yeah. So they do have, I don't, I don't think they have, like, certain wrestling companies they work with, but they're open to, like, this wrestler also wrestles for this company, and mm. this wrestler still, you know, like does stuff with this company. Um, Dragon Gate, I think, is something that they still work with because, you know, like um, Pack and stuff. Like, I don't know. It's that's. I think that would be the best thing for something like an AEW to helm, because it. If you really want to talk about an alternative to WWE, it's a company able to sell out a venue like a like a a, a Raw or SmackDown. But work with these smaller companies that WWE would never want to do. WWE does own small companies. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is they own like Evolve. They own um, what was it like WWE something? I don't know. They own, they own a lot of like little companies, all, like kind of all around the world, uh, mainly so they can kind of pick and choose of like who's good. But even with that, WWE still has regulations on like who can work what date and why and who they can pull and all, like all this crazy stuff aw would honestly benefit from taking that and going the opposite and saying hey look at uh impact i know we're rivals but we have you guys have talent we have the stage let's help each other i know hey ring of honor you're a, you're a classic company who's done a lot for wrestling, like New Age Wrestling. Like, I understand that you guys aren't in the perfect place right now, but let's see if we can work each other. Work with each. I mean, like, they could do a lot of this stuff, but it's also like there's a there's a there's a lot of politics that go into this tier of like who owns what, why companies don't want to work for other companies. Like, it's a it's interesting, but it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. As someone who was a lapsed wrestling fan who is getting into it now, I do think it's it's funny because you know I I never thought I listen to or watch wrestling again. Like, why would I want to watch wrestling? But now I'm here. I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah! Oh, you see that shit? Oh my god! Out there on the table! Oh my god! Although it does kind of get that way sometimes. It's kind of scary. So, anyway. Yeah, that's uh, enough of wrestling. Let's let's get on to movies, exactly. And TV, well, although I mean, that, that although is... some wrestlers, I mean, Chris Jericho is supposed to be in the new um, Clerks, well, uh, Jerry Silent Bob movie. I mean, I would consider wrestling like because it's TV. Like, yeah. 
it's, it's only characters. I mean, sure, and you go to arcs. the events, but like it's it's all for entertainment. Yeah, they just they hit each other a lot. This is the fucking news. Did you see what Martin Scorsese said about um, the MCU? L- let me just read for um, uh, verbatim. <clears throat> I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, it's theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotion, psychological ex- experiences to another human being. And just the wave of backlash against him is like, exactly, because... What what upsets me the most is how him and Francis Ford Coppola, George Lucas, and especially Steven Spielberg, right? They were a part of this generation called New Hollywood, right? Where the films that they were making, all the old Hollywood was like, you can't, you're not allowed to do that. You can't do that in film. Like, oh, like that's not real cinema. Like, oh, a taxi driver, like wanting to like have sex with Jodie Foster when she's 12 years old. Oh, that's disgusting. You're despicable. But didn't you guys make the um, Romeo and Juliet and have a real sex scene with a girl who's like 15 years old? Well, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the new Hollywood. But you know what I mean? Like, they, they were part of this, like, whole, like, new shaping of Hollywood, right? And it's like... I, I'm only there with you for, like, maybe, like, a 1%. But other than that, like, like the definition of cinema is so, like, amorphous. You can't just say that. Like, that's not something you can just be, like... Especially someone who produced Joker. But it's like, um, like, James Gunn said, like, Scorsese is one of my five favorite living filmmakers... I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film. I'm sad in the way he's now judging my films the same way. And it's and it's true because it's like why, why you haven't given these movies a chance? Like I can understand, right? Like m- maybe you're too old to understand like and the action oh it's too loud for your ears and oh my god, oh I have oh my eyes. Oh, I can barely see it. I have to sit right next to the screen to see it but like people were protesting your movie without having seen it and you're like doing kind of the same thing where you're like oh i'm never gonna watch those kinds of movies those are those those are superhero movies i'm not gonna watch those but it also goes to show like that's how much cinema has evolved from when you guys were considered like the the new hollywood it's like also like samuel l jackson said like people don't like his movies either. Like Scorsese, it's yeah. like, I, it's, it's just it's kind of it's ridiculous. Yeah, the no. whole thing is just stupid. Even um, even Jennifer Aniston said something. She, she said something like, uh, although it's funny because she was. What did she say again? She said that oh, like we're getting over, like superhero movies, and we're getting like fatigue for it. And even though it's funny because in, the, in one of the articles I was reading. Not too long ago, she was trying to get into like an MC, like a DC or um, uh, Marvel movie. Yeah, I, I just I saw I saw something like that where she was like saying how she doesn't feel like they're there's some, I forgot what it was. She said something like snarky about it, and it was like okay, like kind of talking down about like 
who, like the like the actors or the acting in it or something like that. <clears throat> but I was thinking like, okay, but the MCU has actors in it that have won Oscars, and you have not. And yeah, sure, we talk about all the time how you know Oscars shouldn't be the pinnacle of like what you should define as great acting. She said they're diminishing the industry, <clears throat> but yeah. If they're diminishing it, then why are they producing... These great actors are diminishing it, yet they can go do something, win awards, mm-hmm. and then come and do this. And they're still giving the same type of uh, performance, albeit like it's... One of them could be like, oh, I'm getting raped and beaten, but another one could be like, yeah, I might be gay and a superhero. Ooh, <laughs> but still, they're the ones getting those those parts. They're the ones winning awards. Sooner or later, like we said, sooner or later, it's gonna cross where they're winning awards for these roles. And that's what we've already started seeing with the Oscars because Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture. It won Academy Awards. Like, yeah, you could say like a kind like like The Dark Knight won an award, but that was like a one off. But then, like, more recently, it's been, like, yeah, it's more for, like, visual effects. But, like, the fact that Black Panther got so many nominations, I think, kind of shows that, like, hey, we can make a a film that's classified as a superhero film, but it still is a great film. Like, there's no... And that's what I feel like his whole quote is, like, that idea of that cinema that it's that is not like psychological and it's not like about char- like characters and and this and that it's like i hear that argue all the time from like specific people who work in this industry and they talk about it like that where it's like woo i would rather sit and watch uh, like a, a pe- uh, like a uh, like a, a piece that's more like about like the dialogue and it's like no you wouldn't because you, you go and see, I, I know because I went to see movies with you, you go and see things like <laughs> Jurassic World, you go th- see things like, like Transformers, like you go see these blockbusters. Yeah, cinematic masterpieces. Yeah, see, those are cinematic. Those, that's cinema. The funniest part is, is you can obviously tell that that's someone who has never tried to watch those movies because one of the biggest story arcs of the MCU has been the decline of Iron Man mm-hmm. and uh, Tony Stark, how he led one life, and because of certain actions and stuff, he started to change, and he even had PSD and had a hard time coping with it, which bled into the bigger story all the way up until the very end of like one part or of a chapter or whatever. And that was through multiple movies. Yeah, and, and it led into the like the end of the character himself. Like, if you watch from just if you just watch Iron Man's just Iron Man's movies, right? And any anytime he's in a movie, you get a full character, a rich character arc because this character evolved over time. Yeah, and that's what like I mean I've said it before. Iron Man's not even my favorite character, but. That straight up is what some people can't even accomplish in a movie. Yeah. And they did it through, like, I'm just going to assume at, at least 10 movies. And look how many directors, too. had and, and writers had input, too, to say, like, hey, like, we have to keep continuing. Like, just think of, like, the, the Russo brothers at in the last two films had to complete 
this character from like all these other movies that they had no part in. I mean that that shows like that should show like mastery of your art where you're able to say like okay, we know that this character we know how we have to end this character and we know where this character has been. Let's try to figure out if it makes sense to get from here to there. And they did. <laughs> and what I love that that they did was that not only was it that one storyline, but it was all those other storylines or all those other characters that they were able to tie up. Or um, Martin Scorsese decided to... His next film is going to be a Netflix film. It's like, how, how for how long have we been told that Netflix is not cinema? And now you're trying to tell me that just because Omar and Scorsese put a film on, on Netflix, oh, no, now we have to oh, think of Netflix no. as you see, cinema? It wasn't cinema like a few years ago, oh. but like it changed. Oh, last year when um, Alfonso Caron was nominated for uh, Roma? It's film now. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, um, I, we talked about it a lot. Uh, we still talk about it, obviously. But it's the changing of the guard. Yeah. And it's these people that can't get over the fact that things are changing. And it's yeah. different. And and But, like, we always find people still are making the, the movies that I think he's talking about. Like, Yorgos Lanthimos. He make, like he made The Favorite. I feel like that's a, a film that I feel like Martin Scorsese would be like, Oh, see, this is what I mean when I say cinema. You know what I mean? Or like Roma, like that movie is good. But I feel like we, we've we changed so much since obviously the 80s, the 70s, and even like just the 90s. Right. Um, and so like what we also, we don't want just like, oh, stuffy period pieces. We want a Black Panther where it's going to be like, oh, it's this rich story about this, this guy who has to overcome but the, the see, but here's the thing is that we say this stuff, right? Mm. But you look at the favorite, you look at the witch, and there's these these new directors, these this new blood taking something that we would have hated when we were kids, yeah. and making it feel like, oh, that's so this is so crazy, it's awesome, oh, it's hilarious. Who would have thought we'd be watching a period piece and like this shit's funny? Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? You know what? You're right. And and because they're willing to do stuff like that. Like you could say all this stuff about certain movies, or whatever, blah blah blah. But you could but then you look at something like uh a Taika Watiti who did this amazing movie called Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. A movie that made you feel that was exactly what you said yeah. cinema is. Exactly. That guy made that movie. And look how hilarious it is too. Then did Thor. Yeah. And it's the same director sticking to his guns of what he is yeah like you look at that movie and you look at what we do in the shadows and you look at thor and there's still that hint of taika watiti yeah and i think that's what he's missing is that he's not seeing it for what it really is he's just looking at the the genre and being like oh i don't like the genre movie but it's like but see if you were to look at the movie as at, by itself like look at what ryan coogler did with this Right. Look at what um, Taika Waititi did. Look at what the Russo brothers did. Look at what, for all of, of his stuffiness, but look at what Joss Whedon did. Right. Like you know what I mean. Like these, in, even Kenneth uh, Kenneth Branagh what did um, 
Thor, right? This guy who's known for to do more like Shakespearean pieces, and he's a Shakespearean actor. But even he did like a film for this franchise, and it's like I don't understand where, like you you guys are just like writing it off because it's like yeah, if you heard like the premise to The Witch, you'd probably be like, oh, I don't want to see that, and then you watch it and you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty good, or like the favorite, like you just hear the premise and you're like. The fuck? Why would I sit and watch that? And then you watch and you're like, oh, that movie. I fucking. did say, why the fuck did I sit and watch that? <laughs> but it was your girl slapped the muscle. I'm like, I guess, I guess. And, I yeah, and that's what it is. It's it's like he's forgetting that key component. Like, it's not just the genre. It's the people who are making the film too. Like they can make a great film. You're just writing it off because you're old. But isn't film art? Like, it's always just art, and even if it's for entertaining, it's still art. Like, yeah. we have, I mean, and this is, I know it's silly to say, but we have stuff like the Arizona Science Center and the Kids uh, uh, Museum, which is, it's a lot of the stuff that you get to mess with, and you get to, they, they show you these things as, like, here's this uh, presentation of uh of an atom, right? And you're teaching someone, but you're also making it fun. Does that mean that that still doesn't teach the kids something? Oh, well, no, it's it's fun. You can't you can't learn anything from fun. No, it's dumb. Yeah. And just because someone wants to make art and make it fun and exciting and have you like be like, "Hey, I want to enjoy that again just for the fun of it." Does it, that doesn't make it art just because you said so? Um, no, art should be enjoyed once and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that's just the that that's what I can't wrap my head around. I can't I can't see eye to eye with that vision of like, well, this works and this doesn't, and I don't like this. But I also I'm still a part of this, uh, but this uh, this part of it I don't like. That uh, I, I don't know it. We're obviously going to have this conversation again because we always have this conversation when dumb shit like this happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I guess coming from someone like that who... And the beginning of the Joker movie was tied to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know... It, I don't know. I don't know. These people. Yeah, these old-ass people. So, just recently, I mean, we've had... We all heard that Spider-Man back in the MCU, right? Sony's probably going to be doing some stuff with Spider-Man too, trying to sneak their way, yeah, into getting Venom in the MCU. I bet. Yeah, exactly. So, Amy Pascal, as we always know, she decided to tease that for the next Spider-Man movie, it'll be the Sinister Six. <laughs> How long have they been wanting to implement this in the For Spider-Man? so goddamn long. I feel like Amy Pascal is like like that little kid who's been like bugging everyone. Like, okay, guys, this time we got to do it, right? Like, we got to do it this time. And it's like, no, sure, yeah. And then they, they don't do it. It's like, yeah, but this time we're going to do it, right, guys? We're going to do it this time, right? This time we'll do it. And it's like, God damn it! Do we just let her have her... Like, do we just do it and so then we can finally just have, like, Spider-Man again? What if that was part of the deal? Like, she's like, okay, you guys can have Spider-Man, but I get Sinister Six. Oh. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a hard bargain. <clears throat> but, um, 
Yeah, I, I think. Can can we? Are we gonna? Yeah, I think we're all. Yeah, we'll we'll let you do that. I guess. Yeah, she said. <clears throat> These villains that we now have in our universe happen to be characters that are in the Sinister Six. There may be something that happens with that. Cool. <laughs> well, I mean, they have shown the Vulture, and they've done Scorpion, which he wasn't really part of the original one, but he was at some point. Um, and then they did Mysterio, but would they bring back Mysterio? Do you what? What do you like? I don't even know what what they would do. Is this them like bringing in Tom Hardy and being like, see Venom? And then, like, bringing in Jared Leto as not the Joker, but Morbius. But it's just, like, him playing the same character. <laughs> I was going to say. He's got a gold teeth. There's just fangs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only good thing that I guess you could take from that idea is they did the Vulture right. Mm. Because I remember the, uh, the second... Uh, the Andrew Garfield one, the yeah. second Spider-Man one, how they try to set that up. Yes. I remember like that the the ending where they showed all that. I just kept thinking like, the Vulture's gonna be so stupid because yeah. I always thought the Vulture was kind of silly and dumb. Oh yeah, it's of like old, this is an old guy like yeah. in a flying suit. Yeah, exactly. And so I never like I never was on board with that. And when Far From Home came out the only reason why it was like remotely okay because you know keaton was a part of it so it was like huh okay and then i didn't even i didn't even even then i didn't realize like how he was gonna give that performance because that was like god damn so they do have that going and if they take that idea and they run with it then maybe we could get something pretty cool yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where now that we know what happened before, I'm kind of okay with it because it keeps Spider-Man kind of to the ground where he doesn't have mm. to be the biggest part of the MCU, but he's still there. Yeah. And you're still making these cool movies. And and, and, and if, if you tie in, like, a Wanda comes in once, you know, to, to do whatever. Cool. But... Knowing that there's a possibility where he's gonna leave forever, <laughs> uh, I'm okay with like them trying to stick to this like smaller New York part of the universe. And I think that's what um, Far From Home did really well was that they cemented that idea that he's like I'm not really meant to be like out there. I'm supposed to be your na- friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But I. I- even with all that, it is going to be interesting to see what actually happens. Yeah, because it's it's not like it was before. Before it was it was a surprise. It really was a surprise mm-hmm. that this was going on, and everything else Sony did was kind of like, oh, that's crazy. Oh, a Venom movie, weird. Oh, they're doing a they're doing a um, an animated Spider Man movie. Oh, oh, that's that's odd. But now it's you know their intentions, mm. and you know that they want to keep that. So it's going to be interesting to see how these movies turn out now with them trying to say, well, how can we keep it in the MCU? How can we keep it fun, but still like keep it its own thing and tie it together?
happened that night at the Abaddon Hotel. What is that? It's everything. Sarah, have you watched those? No. So you have no idea what's on them. How beautiful is this? Hell House. Look, 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 there it is, there it is, there it is. Ooh. There we go. What was that? I don't know. You have heard the rumors about this. There are no rumors about, rumors about this place. place. No rumors, we talked about this. It's supposed to be haunted. All right, dude, lock me in. Hold it. Godspeed. Hey, man, how many freaks do we have? when we started sleeping there that things started to change. Back. You hear that, right? I'm telling you, we have to call it off right now. We have no business being here. <laughs> Alex is more confident than ever. I think we're next. Hell House LLC is a 2015 American found footage horror film written and directed by Stephen Cognetti and produced by FBI Films. On October 8, 2009, Hell House LLC opened its doors to the public for their annual Halloween haunted tour taking place for the first time outside of New York City in the small town of Abaddon in Rockland County, New York. The Hell House crew had picked the abandoned Abaddon Hotel for their haunt, which would turn into a disaster. By the following morning, 15 tour goers and staff were confirmed dead at the Hell House attraction. What exactly happened opening night wasn't clear, and authorities only said an unknown malfunction occurred that night. Five years later, a documentary crew led by producer Diane Graves decides to investigate the tragedy further. They rely on people familiar with the case for interviews, including a journalist who had broken into the closed-off, abandoned hotel a few years after the incident, and snapped controversial photos that led people to believe something more mysterious happened that night than what had been made public. The documentary team lands a break when the only surviving member of the Hell House staff, Sarah Havel, agrees to be interviewed and provides them with never-before-received footage shot by the members themselves leading up to the night of the tragedy. The Hell House tapes start from there. They document the full Hell House crew, Alex, Sarah, Mac, Tony, and Paul, 
and their arrival at the abandoned Abaddon Hotel. As the days go on, a mix of unexplainable events begin to happen to the Hell House crew. In a building escalation of paranormal events, Alex, the CEO of the company, is determined to press on and not allow his crew to be scared out of the hotel. Despite bitter disagreements between other members of Hell House, Alex convinces the group to stay and opening night goes on as planned. The footage reveals in eerie detail exactly how the tragedy took place and the paranormal forces behind the deaths of all 15 tour goers and staff. Hell House. Was it Al Kuji? Yes. <laughs> oh man, what if Al Kuji just popped up in the story? It would make a movie a lot better, to be honest. <clears throat> um, interesting. Uh, the reason why I think I brought it up was it did have this statement attached to it of it being a modern classic, if you will. Like it could be or something like okay. that. And it intrigued me because... I remember it being kind of tied in. Well, the LLC thing, I think I've seen in another like horror oh, really? movie thingy. And I think I tied that together. But I think it's just it just happens to be like yeah. similar. But we watched it. <clears throat> so what did you think, Dom? At first, I was a little like put off by some of the things I thought. Oh man, like this is this was shot kind of good, but then this was shot like kind of like a typical mo- mockumentary, like found footage, and then some of the acting, yeah, like in a found footage, it was clunky. You could kind of tell, like maybe they kind of were like to say whatever about it, to say something, but then about halfway through the film, it, you, you start getting into like what actually happened. And with that, like, I love the, I think that's when it turns for me. And for me, it made me actually really, like, like this film in the end. Because I was like, okay, that was, like, a subtle way of, like, doing the, the like, the horror. Which is what I actually kind of like in, um, like, a found footage where it's, like, it's subtle at first. like it, But then it actually builds to something. And I kind of like the, the idea of, like... They keep teasing you, right? But then, like, they actually show you what happened, right? Like, and you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, good. Like, at least they, like, because at first it was like, would it be more interesting not to have seen, like, what happened in the basement? Maybe, because I feel like that could have been kind of interesting. Like, yeah, we never get to see what, like, everyone's just, like, freaking out and we just never get to see. Like, but then we do get to see it and, like, they did it in an interesting way. Where no one knows what happened, right? But then they somehow get, like, the footage from the girl. And it's like, oh, only they know. And now they're going to make a documentary about it. I don't know. It kind of felt a little all over the place at first. But then it kind of, it knows where it was going. So, and, like, a lot of the the scary stuff, like, with the clown, like, like, just waking up and being like, did you put that there? Like, what? No. Like, come on, you're like, you're fucking with me, right? Like, you put that there. And he's like, I just woke up because I heard the sound. Like, and it's like, just to see, like, something just standing there, it's like, that's kind of messed up. And then the fact that the the, the girl, the other, the girlfriend was, like, 
down the hall from there and just like standing in the corner, whatever. Like that's kind of freaky too. Very Blair Witch. Yeah, very Blair Witchy. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about the first half. Mm-hmm. I wanted to turn this movie off about three times that first half an hour because it was so unreal <laughs> that it just it kept pulling me out and I I just couldn't like I couldn't connect. Well there's a couple of reasons. Well first um one thing with found footage movies is I want you to make me want to believe that it's real. Yeah. The one thing that I always hate about people talking shit about um, paranormal activity is all of that shit made sense. Yeah. Like, it felt like it was a real couple. And even though, like, you could tell there's, quote-unquote, acting, it it made you want to believe that this was really happening to this couple. Or like Blair Witch too. I feel like people have come around and been like, "Well, that movie's not scary." And it's like, yeah, but just think about it. When we first saw this movie, and we believed one hundred percent that this was real. Yeah, it's it's exactly that. It makes you the idea of making you believe into the story is what makes the found footage work. Mm. I, you know, it doesn't have to like the one thing with Paranormal Activity is through most of the movie they don't show you very much. Yeah, it's very little, and then it starts to pick up at the end. But that's what made it feel good. It made yeah. it feel like it was like, oh, this is awesome. With this movie, it just felt like it was someone who was trying to cast, and the we've seen this a bunch of times. They cast these people, but it's like you're just casting people. You're not casting for the the story you're not yeah. casting for the um for the actual part so you want me to sit here and believe in like so these people are like these awesome haunted house like this is what they do blah 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 and it's like you give me cookie cutter white guy cookie cutter white guy cookie cutter white guy uh, uh cookie cutter, cookie cutter white, white guy. girl and then and then um uh a kind of like bushy guy that i feel like i could see that yeah it just, I didn't believe it because I've seen the people who run these things. I've seen the people who like go out of the way and it's like, you don't seem like those people. And I know that's, that's judgy. I get it. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they didn't feel when you're doing this stuff, even the people that are a part of the attraction, I know, I mean, it sounds shitty, but like they're very eccentric people and Yeah. yeah, I didn't get that from it. At all. No. So right away I was like, yeah, right. Like these people would do like whatever. And then as it went on, it just was like they want to sell that these guys are friends or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't even feel like. And that, that's one thing that I Dom can can um, attest to me with writing and stuff like that is that I like it when it sounds real. I yeah. like it when interaction, because even the small parts of interactions, some people write off of like. Well, why would they do that? And it's like, because that's what people act. Yeah. Like, there's no real people. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can sit here and write like, oh, then Fern talks and blah, blah, blah. Oh, he slowly picks up his phone in terror. And it's like, okay, yeah. But there's also a part where it's like, I reach back and I touch my cat. You know what I mean? Like, me putting that in the script may feel like, well, why did you have to go back and touch the cat? It's like, because that's the character. The character loves his cat. So even when he's doing something, he still likes to touch his cat, mess with his cat. 
and people look at it like that's stupid. Like it's like, why would you put that in there? Blah blah blah. And it's like, it, but I'm trying to insinuate yeah. that this is the person. So when the actor comes on, he has the idea of like, oh, this guy, he's very much into his business. He's trying to get stuff done. But even with that, he still has like, he still has affection for his cat, or he's willing to go out of his way to still like mess with this it, cat. It may have made more sense if they were working for like one guy, right? Like, and they you hardly see him. He's like the eccent, like you said, more of an eccentric guy. Yeah. And like they're kind of like the the crewmen. It's like, oh yeah, well for yeah, because the main guy was what Alex. And like, yeah, maybe like, oh yeah, Alex, he told us to come here. We're building it right now for him. He kind of wanted us to document it. I feel like that would have worked a little bit better. Yeah, but it, it and it also wasn't like the characters, like the girlfriend being a part of it, is somewhat understandable because it's like, oh whatever, blah blah blah. But she just felt like a girl. Yeah. Um, the guy who was, I think he was kind of like a just like their main like builder contractor dude yeah who, like set up the cameras and stuff he just felt like a dude yeah. you know what i mean like if i was writing this i yeah i would take from people i know but i would paint that guy of like like the guy holding the camera it's like oh they try to tell you that he's always on the camera okay then how come when he disappears the other person takes the camera yeah and he's, and like, he's the one me. setting it up of like oh, let me put in this field pointing at us and let's talk about this thing, but not talk about this thing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, then why did you film it? The other guy would have believed it. The other yeah. guy who went missing, you could easily tie that into that, oh, because he always films, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't. Yeah. And and you would have easy um, escapes for, like, trying to get that story told would be, like, they're making a documentary. That's all you have to say. That's all you have to say. Like they're making a documentary about them making the the How House attraction, yeah. and then it's a documentary about finding out about the documentary of them. You know, yeah. something as easy as that. Just that little change of oh, he's a documentarian, so yeah. that's why he's a part of the the crew. Yeah, that's why he turns. That's why he's talking to the camera every single night. They, that little like that little piece would have just made me be like okay yeah the whole movie i, I wouldn't care it's like okay and when he goes missing and they're filming i'd be like okay because they know that they want to keep filming this documentary yeah. but it was little things like that that was it was so irritating watching where it's like they wouldn't act like that they wouldn't say that and then i almost turned it off because that that part where he's sitting there talking and you see the like figure and then he talks to the figure. I was like, all you have to do is just not pay attention to that figure. And that scene would have been ten times more scary. Wait, which one? Which Wait, one? The first time he sits there and he's laying on his bed. And you see the, the thing come in. And oh, then, yeah. And, I, and yes. I thought I thought that they were just going to show it pass. But then like it comes in. The, it's like, oh, no, it's in the room. Yeah. And then he turns around like, who is it? You know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's weird. It's like, if you just would have took that part out, that scene would have been 10 times more scary. And I almost wanted to turn it off then, but I'm glad I did it. <laughs> because as much as I'm talking about this, it does pick up. Like, the scares of it actually work with the movie. Mm. The fact that you're getting weird ambient lighting from the attraction works. The fact that you, that you know it's just them in the house and so him filming it's like oh that's creepy that works so, so like 
when the scare started coming like that, I was like, okay, yeah, because even the even when they're setting up and they do the um where he thinks it's the one guy and that like creepy clown uh, yeah with the bleeding whatever and he, he runs back and he's like dude what are you doing here like i you were just back there yeah even that part like when they first showed that it was like oh creeping in the face when it, the head turned i was like see good scare so then i was like okay well might as well keep watching it and i'm good i'm glad i did because it got better and i think the ending obviously does save the movie well the whole like 40 minutes of the yeah. last movie or whatever yeah. save the movie but it's just like if you're listening to this and you didn't see it and you're trying to figure out if you want to watch it it is a good scare like yeah. for a horror for a horror movie and halloween yeah or well, halloween def- time yeah definitely watch it, it definitely watch it um it's not super crazy sexual or super violent it's just they're good scares yeah especially and, like um i think oh when the piano starts playing but one i thought it was kind of crazy what it was like i think he he goes back into the one room and it's set up like how it was supposed to be set up like during the when the hotel was open right and it was like that's kind of like if you just imagine like yourself there like being in a hotel like that where like none of this stuff should be happening, and it does. Like it, it is a pretty creepy like thought. Um, and then yeah, and then especially at the end, like that setup of where she's like, yeah, I'm in two C or whatever, and she just leaves, and they're like, yeah, oh, we need to get into that house or whatever. And then the one guy's like trying to call him to be like, hey, she's dead. I watched the tapes. <laughs> like she's just fucking dead. And then they get to the the hotel, and like she's like, oh, she did say two C, but I love. His reaction where he's like, why are you going to go in there? Like, yeah. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Like, it's locked for a reason. Yeah. You could say that the actual killing and whatever it is, demonic, whatever, you could say that it's weird and yeah. that, you know, it's like, well, I didn't understand it. But honestly, I give it to them to the fact that they just put it out there. Yeah. And like we said, with especially with horror movies and just like stories in general, you don't always have to have every single detail no. to say like, oh, well, okay, so let's go back to the 1800s. Because they gave you a little, they gave you enough for where you're like, okay, yeah, that's that's fine. And yeah, the weirdness of it, I was fine with it because it's like, yeah. okay, like hooded figures, demon thingies. Yeah. Like, fine. Yeah, because they explained that the... The like pentagrams and stuff were already there. Yeah. So you know, like he had summoned something, maybe, right? Yeah. Or the the family, the missing or, mom and daughter, yeah. maybe did. Yeah. You know. And that, yeah, or maybe they're part of a cult, or but see, like I don't even need to be explained that. Like, yeah. That, that doesn't need to be explained to me. And and like I said, stuff like that can work for the story. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, maybe it bothers you because it's like, oh, so it's been it was demons the whole time. It's like, maybe. what'd you expect? These dolls are coming to life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the really like the movie's good. It's just it's honestly the acting. Yeah. Even the uh, even like the um, was it like the police guy or something or what? What were those guys? The, the at the beginning, the well, one of them is a photographer. Um, that's the not guy with the beard. The beard guy, I think he 
Was he a historian or something? I don't know what they didn't. Did they explain what he was? Maybe was there. I don't know. But they were like the uh, script not being strong and the acting not being strong. It definitely is like a low point. And it is like it. it like I said, it was kind of hard watching it. Where it's like, shut up. That's not how people talk. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like oh like, yeah, just check out. You want to see her? What did he say? Her boobs or something? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like. If you want to see her, if you want to see her boobs, they want to just ask her out, and it's like it's not fucking people talk. <laughs> no, haven't you ever haven't I, haven't you ever told me that before? <laughs> I like boobies. <laughs> um, yeah, it, and I know that that stuff that you know some people say like, well, you look past it. I am, I am looking past mm. it because as much as I don't like it. The ending and what came after yeah. made up for it. It it honestly felt like I was even get this shitty cookie cutter like first person like oh scare blah blah blah, but then the scares actually were kind of you know terrifying and it was like oh shit okay these are good scares yeah and so the rest of the story it was like okay awesome yeah I thought we were just gonna get like because you know how there's there's always like. Those ones that people always suggest, and, and then you watch and you're like, "That's fucking stupid." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and and really, the only uh, bad thing about the ending or the whole like demon thing is, is I always hate when they do the static thing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but why is it distorted like that? Yeah. I know how VHS distorts. Yeah. Well, see, but the good thing I do like is that they said it in 2009 when they would still be using, like, mini-DVs. Yeah. So it actually makes sense because a lot of times what they'll do nowadays is they'll add static to, like, digital, and it's like, that's not how digital works. Yeah, it just goes... Yeah, it's like, that's <laughs> that's not how, You can't corrupt... Drop file, drop file, drop file. Yeah, that, that would actually be more accurate if it was just, like... Media offline. <laughs> oh my god! That that would freak me out because I'd be like, "What did you do to the camera?" Um, other than that, the, it was good. But um, for I mean, a good Halloween like horror movie, right? Yeah. To get you in the mood for Halloween, it's like a good. It's a good middle of like a shitty B movie mm. that you know, like people make shitty B movies to be shitty B movies, yeah. but sometimes they're just not enjoyable because it's like yeah you're going too far and it's not working and then there's people who like legit want to make a real horror film like a witch and that's just that's that's a masterpiece oh yeah this is like uh this is like an insidious this is like uh you know like a movie that it is entertaining to a point and it does you know it could scare you but it's just not that good but if you're watching movies there's a lot of shitty horror movies you could watch oh and yeah. this is a lot better than that yeah so i think it's safe to say like we give it we give it a good like thumbs up if you have um i actually <laughs> uh i found it on youtube but uh if you have amazon prime check it out on there or wherever it's streaming pretty sure uh what is that um What's that one? The horror one? Slasher? Shutter. Shutter? Yeah. Pretty sure it'd be on something on like that. If you can get past like bad acting and, you know, like a, some of that boring shit, it does give you a good scare mm. and it is entertaining. So yeah. watch it. Awesome. 
So, Friday the 13th, the rights, there's been this whole legal battle between that. And I guess a lot of, like, 80s film franchises, um, their rights are kind of, like, in this kind of limbo-ish, like, on the verge of being in peril. Um, Because I guess... The Friday the 13th writer Victor Miller exercised a legal right that would revert the ownership of the story back to him. And director Sean Cunningham's Horror Inc., however, refuted that. And that's why that's where um, things are at today. Because I guess the law is that writers can reclaim ownership of their work after 35 years. I guess it they don't even have to have like been making films i guess it's just after 35 years of like this um french or like film they can just be like well i want the rights back and i think well no i know i know what's his name um don mancini i know he had like a weird contract that's why what's it called child's play that's why they had to remake it but like remake it differently because he had, he has the rights to sequels, right, or something to Child's Play, but he doesn't have the right to a remake of a Child's Play. But they can remake Child's Play if they made it differently. It's yeah, and it's, then they can make sequels. Weird. It was some weird, weird legal like loophole that he he actually like it actually went out for him because he could keep the. Um, the intellectual property that was like any sequel to child's play anyways is this good or bad do you think authors should be allowed to reclaim like their films especially like from these bigger franchises or do you think these studios should be allowed to keep making the sequels and like reboots and whatever they want or do you think it's just this like dumb loophole that we need to like close up and and we need to fix and like writers should have no say after they've written it? Or do you think like these studios who they've they made all these films in the eighties, right? They haven't done it. They haven't tried to do anything with it like later, and then now they're crying that like oh well they they made us so much money. Why can't they make us more money now? You kind of. Um kind of answered it a little bit but like problematically is that Stephen King can go either way yes <laughs> uh one of the greatest horror movies of all time was a was a story from him completely butchered and he hated it and then he got the opportunity to make what he wanted to and people don't like it <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that kind of, it's up in the air. I mean, yeah, it's cool knowing that, you know, Stephen King could have, like, uh, Carrie and, um, what was that, Christine? No. I know it's Cujo, Dead Zone. It'd be cool to know, like, he has those movies back and he could do stuff with them. Sure. Or, you know, even TV shows now, whatever. Yeah. But (laughs) his vision isn't always necessarily what people want yeah or even if it is someone taking liberties with what he like what his own properties or what makes these things more enjoyable so maybe he goes and he remakes a a carry movie right like Mm. you know forget the one that was a couple years ago and he does it justice and everyone's like this is fucking amazing and they're like what what carry movie a couple years ago i don't remember that yeah 
Or people are like, why are you remaking this? <laughs> <laughs> like, we had one. This is just as bad. Like, we don't want this. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of... I, I guess I'm kind of... I want to say I'm in the middle, but I, I think I'm kind of more with the the properties being with the actual um, makers of it. Because, at, like, for being an artist, that's what you want. You want to be able to have your art. And... Sure, say no one could take away Stephen King's books because that's what he wrote, whatever. But so, something like a something like a Shining, right? Where mm-hmm. he wanted that movie to be a certain way, and then they said nah. And look at what we got; it was amazing. But as much as he hated it, he still had his book, and you know whatever. Yeah. So it's like technically you're not taking a lot away, but then again, if you have something like. Um, like an alien, right? And let's say you get like we we had uh, what Ridley Scott wanted to do, and we loved it, mm-hmm. but not everyone else did. Yeah, <laughs> and that was something that he left years ago, and he had a vision of what he wanted to do. When he came back, came back to this whole franchise, wanted to do something. People are like, I don't like it. Yeah. And it's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Even though he had stated before, like, this is my vision for a sequel. Yeah. And in, in something like that, where he was far removed from it, you you got both good and bad. People say they loved uh, Alien 2 as their favorite. I don't know. It, it can go either way, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like these people getting their stuff back is good because yeah. Yeah, it should too. be their right. Yeah, or like... Look at, um, like, Wes Craven, right, the, his estate getting Nightmare back, right? Now they can either make a film that, like, is more true to what Wes Craven set out, or they can actually start making, like, a sequel, like, instead of just a remake, a sequel to the franchise that people have been, like, waiting for because, like, you guys haven't done anything with it. You know what I mean? Or, like, even with Roger Rabbit, like, hey, like, now he can go to the studios and be like... Look at I have the rights to this now. Like I, you guys have been waiting for forever to make this. If you guys want to make it, you can. But you got to include me now. And uh, I think that's really what it comes down to. It's like fans are going to be fickle no matter what. Yeah. And so saying that someone wants one thing and another wants another, that's that's just life. But having the opportunity of the original maker of of a movie or the original writer or you know whatever the the person who came up with their baby and getting that baby back it's like they should decide what they want even if we like it or if we don't like that's up to them and that's just i mean that just makes sense like you're right like do you want a corporation to keep it well maybe if the corporation can do it right you know like, imagine if uh, all these people who originally wrote these Marvel characters were like, ah, I know, I don't want that in there. And it's like, but they've been doing those characters justice. Like, these movies are making money. They're, people enjoy them. Uh, I don't know. It, I can go either way. I can honestly go either way because I've seen both sides. Mm. Uh, but if you're asking me, like, what I think is right, yeah, I think the artist should get their their stuff back it, it just makes sense even yeah. if even if that means james cameron getting a james cameron movie to be like oh i could james cameron this up <sighs> yeah uh, sure yeah i guess you're after right. the 
uh, of, of 15 minutes, I could just say, like, well, I mean, it's up to him if he wants to do something. So, yeah, I think that's... I guess I'm on James Cameron, James Cameron's <laughs> side. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly... It's a loaded question. Um, because, like I said, you could have something great, you can have something shitty. But... I think yeah, I think in the long term it's it's better for them to have their own properties. So, I don't know. I think we'll just end it right there. Um it would be interesting though to see like what does come out of this. Like, you know, are we going to see any of the stuff that's leaving these people's hands going to another? Are they going to do anything with it? Uh and we can see the fallout. So, maybe um, you know, in a year or so you know, when we all this stuff is said and done, we can come back and be like, yeah, see, we were right. Or it's like, oh, no, corporations to totally get these things now. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah. uh, with that, guys, we'll say thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate it, as always. Yes. And uh, typical, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, INTB underscore podcast. Uh, email us at gmail.com please 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 follow us on any of your streaming services because yes. that's how you get the, the episode whether it's on if it's early or if it's late or yeah. it's on time you'll get it you don't have to worry about us trying to figure out like wait did we post about it I think we posted I didn't post it uh, wait, I we post, post about it and it's like oh no I just I got the picture I didn't post you don't have to worry about any of that <laughs> but we still appreciate you checking it out either way. So, yeah. And to let you guys know, we are still running our spooky giveaway for this month. Um, so if you guys want to, you can, you know, tweet at us. You can comment. You can, so if you, um, you just, you know, just say something on any of our socials. You know, you, your, your name is going to be in the drawing for... Um, for a special spooky prize at the end of the month. Um, but then also just like if you follow us or if you, uh, on Instagram or Twitter and, or if you even recommend to people and they like, can like just direct message us or as like the cool kids call it DM (laughs) anyways. Um, or as old people say, you can email us, um, at our Gmail and that, that, gets your name in there as well um just emailing us about um this week which is like we have a little um questionnaire i guess that we're gonna that we give out each week last week was um favorite movies to watch for halloween you can still let us know what your favorite movies are um but this week we just want to know like what are your favorite horror movie monsters or slashers uh, so it could be anywhere from Creature from the Black Lagoon, which is probably one of the best ones. Everyone knows that. Or to, like, uh, Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger. Just tell us who who are either who is your number one favorite or who are your favorites. And then even if you just rate and review us, that gets your name in there four times. Your name's going to be in there four times. And then if you even just, like, like or something or you... You, yeah, yeah, yeah. DM us. Just let us know. Hey, I've, I listen to you guys. I listen to you guys since the beginning or just last week. Or, hey, I just listen to you guys to hate listen to you. Like, we'll, we'll take that too. 
And hey, you'll win a prize for hate listening to us. I mean, come on. Who's, who else is doing that? <laughs> That's true. But yeah, um, yeah, just keep updated with it. Um, maybe we'll start posting the questions online too. So, you know, we. So not only do you remember, but we remember. Yes. Because I'm going to admit, sometimes we just forget. But with that, guys, as always, remember. It's not that bad. It's not that bad.